I'm Susan Caruso, founding director of Sunflower Creative Arts in Delray Beach, Florida. You're listening to the Sunflower Bridge podcast, where we talk about being with children. And I'm Lindsay Mills, co-creator and director of Sunflower Bridge. Take a breath and smile with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so today... We would like to talk about how we all change, you know, about changing. One of the things we can count on is change, right? Yep. Um, It's the only thing that's a sure thing. Everything will change. I think adults don't like change so much. Some kids really don't like change, but most kids have their eyes set on that change, you know? Mm. They, They don't necessarily see them in the as they are right now, but as they want to be, as they look up to things. And, um, yeah, I think also we have a way of, uh, through experience learning to be afraid of change because it's an unknown change indicates that there's something ahead that is mysterious. Mm -hmm. We haven't been there yet. And that can be scary, but children are, endlessly curious and wide-eyed and full of wonder. And I think they still struggle with change, but are perhaps more flexible in that department. Yeah. So we're, we're changing as, as adults, um, they're changing at a much quicker rate. And sometimes adults get stuck in you know, looking at their child in at one, as one developmental stage or as one um, age or who they are right now, right. and don't notice how things are really changing. So I I would like to for parents to be really intentional about really seeing that and kind of um, being very aware when they're moving. And what, what they, what they need, how they need to be seen. You know, we talk about that all the time, how to really see children. So, um, you know, and that happens from a very early age. My best friend has her first granddaughter and, um, this little baby is not happy being a baby. Hmm. She wants to, she screams a lot and, but she loves the wind in her face. She loves to move around and all of that. And she reminds me of my youngest who did not like, he was a happy baby, but he didn't like being the age that he was. So for her, this little four or five month old, she wants to be moving. She wants to, you know, so she's just, she's rolling over. She's st- practically starting to crawl now. And I she's think that, ready. right. Because she, she didn't like be not being able to move. Mm. And so she needs to move. And so those parents are giving her as much space to move as she can. And that tummy time. And I think, you know, I have to touch base. But I think she's a much happier little person that makes the parents a lot happier too. But to be aware that, you know, they're just changing so fast and we need to be ready and not afraid of that change and move with them mm. uh, to help them. My youngest just, he, he, like I said, he was a pretty, he was a happy baby because he was just with me. We were all moving. We were moving all the time. He was also talking all the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
So, but when he was about four years old, that kind of all changed. Actually, I think it, it really came came to light most when he went to school, when he went to elementary school, and um, he was he was faced with the whole idea of, of, you know, do this and I'll give you a sticker, do that and I'll uh, I'll, I'll you, you know you get candy or a popcorn party at the end of the week, you know, mm-hmm. don't do it and we move your car down, you know, or your apple falls off the tree or all right. the. All those Bribery, punished, yeah. essentially. All those punished by rewards <laughs> kinds of things. And um, so he would get so angry and he would come home and he would say, what are they, who do they think I am? Some little kid that, you know, I'm going to do something because I get a piece of candy? What do they think I am? <laughs> and so that was, you know, he, he really, that was him. That was, that was like his mantra. You know, who do they think I am? What? You know, I... I, I know what I'm doing. He knew what he was doing all the time. And so I had to get out of his way and and let him grow and change. He wasn't, he was my baby fully, but I did not call him baby. Um, he didn't like the idea of not being able to do just what his brother did. And of course, he's, he's out of my, out of my whole family. He's the one that's been ready to take lots of of risks and you know to move his his life forward mm. uh he's a helicopter pilot he always knew from the time he was 4 years old so it might even be that he was just pissed off at life because uh-huh. he knew he wanted to be a helicopter pilot he couldn't do that at 4 years old yeah he was already there in mm. his mind right he pictured he literally pictured himself as a much older person and um, so interesting. Didn't, and didn't like the the whole talk about you know. Well, you have to wait. Not you can't do that now. Mm. You'll be able to do that later. Not now. Later. When you do this, well, when you grow up. And he was like, "This is all a farce." <laughs> you know, I have grown up, and it's just the same in middle school as it was in elementary school. And your answer <laughs> is entirely unsatisfactory. <laughs> yeah, really, really. So I think I learned a lot about the whole idea of accepting your child for who they are and making sure that you're staying, staying in track with them because, um, you know, lots of times, especially if it's your last child, um, or your only child, you want to hold on to those baby times. And so you use that kind of language, you know, okay, baby, that's, you know, and that's great when they're little, but when they're older, it, it's not appropriate anymore because they aren't babies. They want to be seen for who they are mm-hmm. as capable at this age and able to do all kinds of things. Yeah. That reminds me of a quote from Maya Angelou. And I think of this so often in my own life, just growing my compassion, growing my ability to forgive myself. And the, the quote really applies to this development at every age. She says, I did then what I knew how to do. Now that I know better, I do better. And we can be so quick to assume that a child has heard us say what we're asking them to do or what is expected of them. And so why aren't they doing it? And 
we can become frustrated waiting for the expectation to be met when they have heard us, but they don't know how to do what you're asking. And it won't be until they have either seen it and it lands seeing someone else do what you're asking or if they experience it themselves and successfully do something then they know, and so they can do it the next time. They can do better, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so our role really is to make sure to pave the way for them to have experiences like that. Yes. So to acknowledge, oh, you know what? You're not a toddler. You're a five-year-old. And you, you know, you're ready to do so much more than when you were just, when, when you were a toddler. So to... Stop doing anything that they can do for themselves. Don't do those things for for them because the message they get is that, that I can't do that. And they won't be able to do it if you don't allow them to have the experience. So, so much of the time um, we, we say, oh, baby, don't worry, I'll do it for you. Here, let me put your shoes on. And they're trying and they were trying and they can do it. And lots of times... Well, I don't know. My experience with my boys was that mm-hmm. they would get angry, and I, I had to step back and say, "You know what? You're right. Give it, a, give it a shot." You know, or you have to encourage them if their temperament or their personality is a little different, and they're like acting helpless or something, rather than feeding that to say, "Give it a try," and I'll come back later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and you know check on the soup, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll come back and give it a try. And then they might put it on and the, the shoes might be on the wrong feet or mm-hmm. the shirt might be inside out. And then you give them grace. They're doing the best they can right now. Right. It doesn't matter what they look like. Um, they're growing, they're changing, and we need to allow them those that those experiences at each level and, and check ourselves. It's real easy. It's real easy for me, too, to, to think like that, um, that, you know... Um, that they are they're just at this level and you know it's too much to ask them to do something else when that's pretty much almost always incorrect. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can take things at face value, I think, and uh we know how to do something and so I've heard a lot of of parents actually in the realm of chores where it's time that your children learn about what it takes to keep up the house and to keep the space maintained in a way that it is a home and a sanctuary for everyone. That's a lesson that I know every family that I get close with in this work eventually has that moment where (laughs) it becomes an issue. We got to talk about it. And There's those parents who, in their personality and temperament, they are uh, very principled about this is how it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And they get into that perfectionism. And then when they're showing their child the expectation, uh, I would like for you to feed the cat in the morning. Or I would like for you to take the garbage to the door or whatever it may be. We expect it to be done perfectly in the way that we want them to do it the first time. But if we 
cut off the experience for them and say, oh, no, that's not how we do it. Let me do it for you. Mm -hmm. They will never learn how you want them to do it because it, it really is just that they have to try it. They have to learn how to do it for themselves. To all those little micro steps in there that, um, and you allowing them to do that and also giving, giving some space for them to do it their way. Say, I'm going to give you a tutorial how to do this. This is how I do it. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I like to wipe the sink like this. Maybe you're going to come up with a different way, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And so let's see, let's see how you, how you make out, you know, mm-hmm. let me know what tools you need. Yeah. Share with me how you how you did it. You know how did you get that faucet so shiny? Um, and so it is every step of the way from the time, like you know, from that that little four month old through a four year old through a seven year old. Each of those ages, uh, it, it's it's not that you you say no, you can't do that now. Later, there's always things that they can do to be um, to contribute to the household and. And that really should be the expectation. That's what they want to do. And lots of times when your kids are are angry or they're kind of lashing out at you, just check and see because sometimes it is because your your perception of them, how the the image that you're reflecting on them is that they are younger and less capable than they are. Mm. And they can very easily live up to that and not be because that's the message you're giving them and say, well, no, I can't do it. Oh, yes. And as you've mentioned before in the podcast, that children w- really want to please. It's it's in our nature from the time that we're infants, when we learn to smile, it's, an, it's a natural impulse to follow the praise and to want more of that affirmation from the grown-ups around you. And so if we don't provide the the possibility or the the space for mistakes, Mm -hmm. then we internalize. I know I did. I internalized the, the belief that mistakes are not okay. And that if I don't do it perfect, then I, I shouldn't do it at all. Exactly. Yeah. And none of us wants to give their child that, that message for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. I think a great uh, mindset shift to apply to this situation I learned from a seedlings teacher named Marisol, and she has this experience with her own children when they were small of introducing the idea of, well, the house needs to get clean. And at first, her approach was, I need you to help me. The toys are all over the floor. The dishes are piling up in the sink. I need your help. Help me clean this or help, help me. Help me. Help me. You know, help me. Yeah, you know, like help me. Help me. <laughs> and they're all running off to soccer practice or like to do their homework and saying, oh, no, can't do that right now, mom. Sorry. And eventually she realized, oh, wait a second. This isn't working. I'm framing myself as the victim here. I'm <clears throat> presenting this problem to my children as if, Oh, poor me. I'm the martyr. I just clean all day and I never have any help. Please help me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She said, no, that's not what's happening. We all live in this house. It's not my house. This is our house. 
And so she said, I'm going to drop the me entirely. And I want you to help. And in my mind, that creates what we work so hard to instill in everyone at Sunflower, which is intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic means coming from within. Mm-hmm. Extrinsic motivation is the type that you were talking about that Stephen encountered in school. I will give you a sticker if fill in the you blank. Do this. Mm-hmm. That is a rewards and punishment system that leads to children doing things in order to receive the reaction that that they know you want. They 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 want the praise from you. They want to do what you want them to do so that they can get that that positive affirmation. And yet we go so much further in the world when we do things because we are genuinely inspired to and mm-hmm. when when we apologize because we genuinely feel remorseful and and want to repair harm not just because an adult said say you're sorry mm-hmm. it gives it gives the message that that they're not capable and and nobody wants to feel that and that's why punishments and rewards don't work it's they get the message that well, you're not going to do this unless I give you a piece of candy or ah. I lay down this punishment if, if, you, if you make a mistake or you don't do what you wanted. It's mm. not trusting them. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Marisol decided, I'm going to trust my children to see the need. And she decided to frame it as, you know, isn't it wonderful when the house is clean and we can all move about freely and the toys are where where you can find them and i can walk down the hallway and not hurt myself <laughs> and everyone benefits and when you understand that oh if i pitch in we all do well that is the motivation that is going to lead to just a uh, maybe a random volunteering to, oh, I'll go ahead and take the trash out. We want that result a lot more than the haranguing, right. uh, having to chase people down to do the things and we to, want them and to. And to phrase it like, this is our home. What can we all we do? Mm-hmm. And And I think it is really easy to fall into that victim kind of a thing. Help, help, you know? <laughs> yeah. We can invite our children at every stage into the next stage. I guess that's what it is, is that we're preparing them for what is next as best we can without being able to do it for them. Right. Not getting in the way. So that's really recognizing that, oh, I have a 12-year-old now. What are 12-year-olds capable of? And you've been doing it their whole life. So it's a gradual giving, handing over the responsibility so that they're responsible for themselves and, um, and giving them the tutorial, getting your ego out of the way so that they can do it how they need to and want to. And for that time, you know, they're, they're doing the best that they can. And as they practice, they'll get better. Giving them tools for life, you know, giving them, uh, you know, all of those life skills that they need at each phase of their lives. And for both parties, practicing delayed gratification, that you may have 
a desired outcome in mind when you teach your child how to do something. And if you wait and trust them, they will surprise you with what they are capable of. And the child then experiences the absolute joy of, I did it. Mm-hmm. I tried, I failed. I tried, I failed. But then I did it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every step of the way. Thank you for listening. To share your thoughts, feelings, or stories about being with children, send us an email at lindsay at sunflowercreativearts.org or find us on Instagram. Send us a message at sunflowercreativearts. The Sunflower Bridge podcast is kindly sponsored by Schweitzer Musical Productions. Thank you, Jill and Rich. We love you. Mm-hmm.